Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Hey, Watermark Church, happy Father's Day. We're so glad you joined us here to celebrate this wonderful day. Pastor Ben, Pastor Bucky, two dads walking the journey with you today. And it's been a crazy time, as Ben said in the intro here this morning, that we've been through a lot of stuff in our culture, COVID crisis, racial struggle. But in the midst of that, you know, we need a wise voice. And today, as we come together to celebrate dads, we're going to talk about that. What is the wisdom of a wise father as he speaks into the deserts and the wilderness times of his family and his culture? And we're going to learn that from the life of Moses. We've been going through a great series called Moses, Strengthening the Soul, looking through the book of Exodus, the journey of Israel from slavery to freedom. And that great spiritual father, parent Moses, as he parented him through that journey. And uh, we're excited to talk to dads about that and celebrate all spiritual parents that are making a difference out there. Uh, What we want to do first is a tradition that Ben and I practice in our family that's been a blessing is whenever there's a special time, whether it's Mother's Day or a birthday or Father's Day, we do affirmations. Mm -hmm. We celebrate the people that we love, that bless us so much. So we thought we would affirm our dads since it is Father's Day. And I'll go first and let Ben follow up. We have two amazing dads in our life. Mm -hmm. We do. And we're so blessed. But I was thinking about you, Dad, and I was thinking about the desert fathers. You know, that's Moses. It's a dad that comes alongside his children during the difficult times, not just the wins, but the losses and the struggles, and speaks into their life. And I can just look back and remember so many seasons where I've struggled financially or where I've struggled uh, with my sports career and basketball or whether it's been with my family, even the loss of my son. Um, You have come alongside me. And you have been that father who comes alongside and gives gentle wisdom, uh, strong encouragement, and amazing loving support. You Not just your time, but your talents, your wisdom, but also even open up your own wallet to support me in some of the most difficult times of my life. And because of that, I have been able to flourish. So thanks for being a great dad to me. Even in the desert times, you've been an amazing father. And I love you for that, and I bless you for that, and I thank you. Happy Father's Day to you. That's awesome. I know your dad. He is a great man. (laughs) He's a a man man worthy of walking in those footsteps. And I would just say, Dad, I know you'll get the chance to listen and watch this, especially because I'm talking about you and to you right now. But, Dad, something that you've done I'm so grateful for that has impacted me even into these times, these weird, wacky, cultural, social, uh, pandemic crisis, uh, emotional roller coaster seasons. Uh, One thing I've learned from you from day one since I was a little kid was this idea that God is in control. I think that's what I have to credit for my faith. When I think about these seasons and these uncertain times, it was you who I watched as a businessman, as a founder of, of a business that was not just about making money, but about caring for the lives of hundreds of people. You always made that really clear. That's, that's what you were in it for. Uh, even weathering incredible economic crises and, and incredible tough times in the business and in the world politically that could have affected your business, could have affected our home, you always had this calm stillness to you. You had this peace. You had this, this deep abiding trust. 
that God was in control. There's nothing you could do. You may have been stressed and you were real about that, but you always modeled to us that there was a God and that he was in fact in control of all things. There's no things too big for him. And I think that's why, even though I've had my low moments during these crisis seasons, I always have your words ringing in my ear about how God really is sovereign. He really is in control. There's nothing too big for him. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you, because that has impacted me that marriage and the household that I am now giving leadership to, all because you planted that foundation of trusting God even in tough times. So I want to thank you for that. And we just also want to say to all those who are listening to this and they think, man, that's wonderful. These We're looking at two guys that are very blessed. They had two available, faithful men, fathers in their lives. Maybe that's not you. Maybe that's not your story. Maybe that's not your life. Maybe that's not the card God dealt you. And we just want to say that we love you and we are here for you. We want to remind you of the love that your Father in heaven has for you. He cares about a deep and personal and individual relationship with you. And there are men here, men and women. Maybe you're not a dad or a guy today and you're a woman and you never had that solid male figure in your life. We want to tell you there are people literally standing by here in this faith community who would love to meet you. They'd love to hear your story. They would love to hear your lament, your pain, your anguish, and they would love to encourage you in all the ways that, that, you, that you do have an earth, a heavenly Father who loves you and is there for you. So we're here for all of you guys, regardless of what your story is today. Amen. I know so many stories of many dads that have walked through many men who felt inadequate to father their children, and God brought some spiritual fathers uh, around them because they didn't have the role model as dads. And they felt less than. And, and God has brought the church and spiritual fathers around them to help equip them and encourage them and speak into their life. And that's really what Watermark's all about. Yeah. And so if there's any way we can encourage you, we are here for you. Right. God is a loving father. Yeah. He wants to help you through that, that situation. Yeah. And that, that's kind of why Moses was raised Moses. up. We've, yeah, we've been talking in this series. Yeah. Moses was raised up as a spiritual father for Israel to become the nation that God wanted them to become. Mm-hmm. To go from slavery to freedom, from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity or adulthood. Mm-hmm. Kind of the journey that all of us as dads are a part of taking our children on. And we want to affirm that and encourage you dads that your words are huge. Mm-hmm. Your life is huge. Your example is huge as you walk with your kids. Not just on the mountaintops and the great times. And those are awesome. We love to celebrate the wins for our kids. But really, most importantly, as we look at Exodus 13 through 15 today, it's the wilderness times. Mm -hmm. It's the times when life is hard and the desert is dry and prayers not answer and dreams fall apart. That's when your words are so important and powerful in helping shape shape and strengthen the souls of your children. And that's what we look at. Ben and I want to draw some principles out of the text here as Moses begins to lead the children of Israel to freedom. There's 10 big plagues, a, a huge mountaintop victory. Eat, the Egyptians loosen their grip. Pharaoh says, go, you can go, and take, take a lot of money with you. And so children of Israel are rich and free, and they move out into this journey to the promised land. And instead of the direct route, they go right into the wilderness. And there is huge learnings and principles that we're going to take uh, from the desert father Moses that actually brought them through that time and prepared them for the promised land. And these principles are great for spiritual parents. Mm-hmm. And the first principle we want to talk about that really came out of Moses and his life of them is really authenticity. That's right. Right? It's, it's our authentic example, our authentic learnings, our authentic life that really makes the difference, especially when we walk through the desert times. And our children experience desert times with God, circumstances, and life. You see, Moses was equipped to lead 
the children of Israel, not just because his schooling in Egypt or all that he learned about leadership in Egypt. It really was what he learned in the desert as he wrestled for 40 years after a huge failure. As you remember, he murdered an Egyptian. He fled into the wilderness into the land of Midian. He sat down by a well, and that was a 40-year journey of going deep into his soul, wrestling with his own struggles and failure, letting go of his dreams. And that's where he began to get in touch with who he truly was and the calling of God in his life. And that was to lead a nation through the same wilderness area for 40 years. It was Moses' own authentic journey that equipped him to lead and shepherd the children of Israel. Yeah, so Moses is really the authentic leader. And what does authenticity mean? It means that he went through it first. He earned the right, he earned the voice and the ears and the influence of the Israelites by walking through his own desert first. And I love this picture as we, as we lay it alongside Jesus. Jesus is the most authentic leader, the most authentic Messiah worthy following because of the way he went through it first. And you may remember, this is from Matthew 4, Jesus was led into the desert himself. For temptation, it says in Matthew 4, verse 1, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to a desert. There he was, tempted by the devil. Jesus went without food for 40 days and 40 nights. After that, he was hungry. The devil came tempting him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to be made into bread. But Jesus said, It is written, Man is not to live on bread alone. Man is to live by every word that God speaks. And I've often wondered, I don't know about you, whether you're new to church and you think, why did Jesus have to be tempted? Why would God allow his son to go through that experience? Uh, Or whether you're new to church or you've been here a long time, you may have forgotten. Why was that? Why did Jesus need to go through that harrowing experience through the desert? Why? why? Because it lent to his authenticity. What does that mean? It says right here, the author of Hebrews answers it in Hebrews 2.17. So Jesus had to become like his brothers in every way. He had to have every human experience. He had to be one of us to be our religious leader, to go between God and us. He had loving pity on us, and he was faithful. He gave himself as a gift to die on a cross for our sins so that God would not hold these sins against us any longer. You see, guys, the biggest thing that we can learn as parents, you don't have to have it all together. I mean, I think we learn that pretty quickly being around kids, spiritual or biological. If you have influence of any kind, you realize you cannot keep up that facade. So that's what I would say, just to bless you and encourage you. The thing that lads, that lends credibility to your example, to your leadership, to your model as a dad or as a parent is to be real. Forget that macho stuff. Forget that I need to be in control all the time. I need to be strong and perfect because that's what my dad modeled to me. Guess what? It was a facade. Jesus following in the same line of leadership that even Moses modeled is that you got to be authentic by going through it. That's the only way our kids will be able to relate to us and then our influence will really mean something to them. So yes. that's Moses, that's Jesus. They all yeah. knew about authenticity. Yeah, we don't, as, as you know, you might say it in, in terms of the world, we don't want to give our kids a Facebook relationship with God. We want to give them a face-to-face relationship with God. And that's really what it said of Moses. He met with God. He had a face-to-face relationship. He spoke to God as an intimate friend, an intimate relationship. It wasn't just on the good things that were going, but Moses wrestled with God, with his struggles, with the brokenness, with the fact that maybe his prayers weren't being answered, with the fact that it was hard to lead people in the wilderness. Moses had an authentic wrestling relationship with God. And your kids, when they face trials and struggles, they need to know that you've been there before and you've wrestled with God over the same issues. Uh, one of the things that we try to do around the table at night, and Ben does this with his family too, is called Peak and Pits. 
And it's when you get together and you talk about your day and you talk about the peaks and all the good things, but you also talk about the pits and what was the struggle and what was hard. And the reason we do that and then we pray after that is we say, you know, God's not just about the good things and the great things. God's with us in the hard things and the struggles. And he's authentically with us in both places. And we wrestle through that in prayer together. And we're trying to get this authenticity that God is real and is with us, not just on the mountaintops, but also the valleys. And it really has been the valleys of my struggles uh, and those things that have been the best teaching tools for my kids when they've gone through their struggles. I can remember a season when uh, one of my daughters was sitting the bench in volleyball, and you know, it was hard to watch her sit the bench. Well, uh, yet at the same point, I had some wisdom to share because I sat the bench, and I knew how hard it was to sit the bench, and I knew the struggles, but yet I knew, so, I knew that when I stuck it through mm-hmm. and I got through that, God did something bigger in my life. And so I can encourage her from that struggle. Yes, I know it's hard and it's painful, and I wish you were out there. And I get frustrated with the coach, too. I get angry, you know. But, gosh, I'm just praying and knowing there's something bigger that's happening. The bench has a purpose. The wilderness has a purpose. But that was authentic because I'd been there before. Yeah. So that is the big idea behind process. One of the things that makes Moses' testimony, his life beautiful, is not just his authenticity, which is why he's relatable, trustworthy. It's the fact that he gained that authenticity by going through a process, the, the, the non-direct route. And I, and I know we have the scripture there from, from Exodus. Do you want to read that, Bucky, or do we have yeah, it? Yeah, it, it You know, process makes a difference. There's a reason for the process. That's why God takes the roundabout way. It says in Exodus 13 that right after they're freed from slavery and they're set free to go on this journey to the promised land it says when pharaoh let the people go god did not lead them on the road through the philistine country though that was shorter that was the direct route but god says if they face war they might change their minds and return to egypt so god led them around a roundabout way through the desert towards the red sea Mm -hmm. can you imagine freedom oh we're going to the promised land let's get on the highway to go as fast as we can let's get to there let's get to success and whatever we want Mm -hmm. and god says no we're going into the desert (laughs) because you need the desert because you're not ready for success and the roundabout way has purpose god loved his nation enough to say if they face war on that they're going to lose and they're going to run back to slavery I need to prepare them. I need to develop their character. I need to strengthen their faith so they're ready for whatever the challenges are as they enter into the promised land. That's a great parenting principle, right, Ben? It's huge, you guys. We have this myth. Listen, this is so vitally important for our times. I'm talking to the millennial parent, talking to the 40-something parent. I'm talking to the 20-something parent. Whoever you are, there is a myth that is so insidious. It's little, it's subtle, and it says essentially this that all good things are easy, Mm. that easy equals good, that good equals easy. And I'm telling you, that is not what we find in the real world. All the great men and women who went before us, including Moses, including Jesus, they had to go through a process. Mm. They had to go through the desert. They had to go through trial and circumstance in order to produce, in order for God to produce that great Mm -hmm. intangible thing in their hearts and characters that he wanted to produce. So I would just say this, beware, 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 parents. Beware not to over-rescue. Beware not to over-parent in those moments. We may, so often, let me just give you the example. So often we believe that helicopter parenting, right, which is just protecting and guarding our kids against physical harm, is the only kind of helicopter parenting. What I want to caution you to, and I'm going to read this verse here in a second that is so big, is be, beware of helicopter parenting in, our, in the spiritual life of our kids. 
What happens when things get so rough and hard for our kids? They come home and they say, I just don't like that teacher. And they have a problem with me. And then immediately we think, man, maybe there's something wrong with that teacher. Maybe God is using that teacher in the lives of our student or that coach in the lives of our child to produce great fruit in their lives and their hearts and their characters. And far be it from us to rescue them from what God has destined for their character. Mm -hmm. Now look at this. Look what it says. We're recounting. This is Deuteronomy 8. This recounts the trial and the circumstance that the Israelites had to go through in the desert. Now, a huge part of of uh, the process is going through consequences and, and God's discipline through our life. So you see, this is God retelling, this is Moses retelling what the Israelites had to go through. And they were even disobedient. They didn't get it the first time, so God sent them back to the desert. But look at how faithful God is, even in the desert. It says here in Deuteronomy eight fifteen, he led you through the big desert that brought fear with its poisonous snakes and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought you water out of hard rock He created a way where there's no way. Mm. We circumvent that process by taking our kids, taking those we lead and influence. When we remove them from the game or the situation or circumstance, we circumvent God's third way of creating water when there was no way. In the desert, he fed you bread from heaven, which your fathers didn't know about. He's going to do something new that we've never seen before. He did this so you would not have pride and that he might test you. It was for your good in the end. Now think about the other specific example I want to give this to you parents, especially of young kids, because I'm on the front lines of this storm, the front lines of this desert myself right now, learning to discipline my kids. Now I don't care what tools that you use for discipline or consequence, I'm not going to get into the specific detail, but just look at this brief example from Proverbs 22, and we compare that with Deuteronomy 8, and you'll see God's heart for process and refining us as even his children. It says here in Proverbs 22:15, a foolish way is held in the heart of a child, but the punishing stick will send it far from him. So maybe they're talking about spanking. I don't know. Again, that's not the point. The point is whatever consequences that God is leading you as the parent to use and implement and guide your children in, it is not for naught. It is for a purpose. And God disciplined the Israelites for a purpose to develop a character, to to develop uh, trust, to develop faith. And we need to be careful not to become that crutch for our kids. If we circumvent that process, we take them out from the tough things, and we try and make it easier for them, they're not just going to lose out physically and mentally. They're going to lose out spiritually. Tough things can be very good for them. And discipline, I just as a bonus, as an extra, to you parents who are battling that, because I speak to you guys. I, I know the battle is very real for our toddlers, and you see their willful heart. The proverb is still true today. You are not just parenting your sweet, darling little boys and girls. You're parenting the fool inside the heart of a child. And they need discipline. They need consequences so they can see what the real world is. And those will be used to sharpen their spirits to to follow God and his voice in obedience more. Yeah. Process matters. Process Process matters matters a great deal. God cares more about the process and the person you're becoming than actually getting you to the promised land as fast as he can. That's what's really important. And, and really that brings the next principle in mind is that this, this wilderness journey really produces strength. Mm-hmm. It produces strength of character, strength of perseverance. As they journey through this land, God is forging their character in the fire of this right. discipline. Uh, James says it this way, consider it pure joy. This is the, the desert father of the early church speaking to the early church is going through trials and sufferings. Consider it joy. Consider it joy when you're suffering and going through hard times, when you have to push harder on the homework or get, 
get the chores done, or forge on the bench. Consider it for joy, my brothers and sisters, my children. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing, that's what happens in the wilderness, of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. That's what's happening in the wilderness. And the, and the Father speaks that perspective into the one that wants to go back or give up. The end mm. game of that is stay in the game, push forward, and God's going to forge something beautiful and new in your life. Because you're going to face obstacles. And as they wander out of the wilderness, the first thing they face is the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And they're in this huge quagmire because you got Pharaoh's army coming right behind them, bring down their neck, the Red Sea on the other end, and they're frustrated. And who do they lash out? Moses. Who do our parents whine at? Who do our kids whine at? The parents, mm-hmm. right? Mommy, why'd you take me out here to die? Daddy, I don't want this meal. It tastes terrible. What about this class that you told me to take? It's, I want to quit it, right? They start whining at us, and that's when we have to step up and right. hold the line as Moses does and says, wait and trust in the Lord, and you're going to see a better way. That's right. A better way. And that's in, in the Exodus. It says, Exodus 14, 13 to 14, when they whined at Moses, Moses answered, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord. He will bring it to today. The Egyptians, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is be still. All you have to do is hang in there and wait upon the Lord and keep focused on him. And boy, that's, that's a message that we as desert fathers need to have ready when the, the whining comes and the mm-hmm. frustration comes and it's easy to give up. We have to hold the line and say, no, stand strong, believe in God's promises. He's going to show you a better way. That's right. So the authenticity is what began Moses' leadership uh, eligibility. And that only came from being in process. The process was a way to bring out the character and the faith and trust that God had for us. And that leads to incredible strength. You know, this week, I'm thinking so much about our graduates. I, I don't know why, I've just been pierced to the heart for those high school graduates and college graduates. Uh, I admitted uh, on an Instagram video, maybe you guys saw that, we're doing a great new series on Instagram videos called Letters to Graduates. Uh, check back in there, it's going to be very cool, very encouraging to all of you. But I admitted on there that when this whole pandemic struck in the beginning, I was so self-possessed, I was so freaked out about other things that I really didn't I didn't really take a sympathetic ear to those who were saying, oh, and think about the poor high schoolers and college students who can't go back to school and can't go back to campus. I thought, yeah, boo-hoo, they're probably going to find another way to have fun. But this week, God gave me the privilege to sit with some people who are graduating college, to sit with and watch across the street a kid who I've known for the last 10 years raised in my neighborhood who's graduating high school. And I was moved to compassion for these guys. And I was just thinking, man, you know what? It is a tough time. It is an uncertain time. Their dreams, their hopes for what is next for them has been all hung out to dry. Everything's been flipped upside down. And yet, as I think about their commissioning from high school into college, or their commissioning from college into the next step, I think about the strength that you're talking about. I think about grit. There's a great spiritual principle about grit that all of us could take a huge lesson from when we think about our lives and those that we're leading. And I think about the words as I was preparing for this message this week, uh, the Lord kind of uh, led me over here to Matthew 10. If you look at Matthew 10, there's this amazing picture of Jesus sending out the disciples. He's sending them like you're sending your high school graduate, like you're sending your college graduate. And what is this blows my mind. This blows my mind. When we talk about helicopter parenting, when we talk about safety and comfort of the culture, and how, man, because we don't have our comforts, we are just torn apart and everything is over. Look what Jesus says as he gives instruction to send his spiritual children out. 
In Matthew 10, it says this, verse 5. Jesus sent out these 12 followers. He told them to go, saying, Stay away from people who are not Jews, and do not go to any town in the country of Samaria, but go to the Jewish people who are lost. Really quickly, that just shows a specific ministry that Jesus felt called to and the disciples were a part of. Um, we, now, we know after the time of Jesus that the first century church was called to reach all nations, all, all races, all ethnicities. Um, Jesus' specific call as Messiah was to the house of Israel. That's what it's talking about here. But it goes on. Verse 7, as you go preach, say to the holy nation, the holy nation of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Go hang out with sick people? Heal the sick and those who have bad skin diseases, which was a complete taboo. You would never do in that time. Go to visit a leper colony and pray for them. Raise the dead. Put out demons. You've received much, now give much. (laughs) How's that a talk for a high school or college commencement speech? Graduation, right there. You've received much, now go. Even you who are young children, and there are many great scholars who believe that the disciples would have been just that. You think, all oh, the disciples were superheroes. They were legends. They were adults. They could have been late teens, early 20s, the disciples. And that's the commencement speech that Jesus gives. He goes on. It, it, this is huge. This is amazing. It, talking about grit, spiritual grit and strength that the process in the desert and authenticity lends itself to. He says, do not take a bag of things for the trip. Do not take two coats or shoes or a walking stick. A workman should receive his food and want and what he needs. Wow. So go with nothing. Go with no material comforts. Go, I am enough. I'm sending you with my spirit, and I've given you this truth that is the gospel, my life, my word, and it's enough. Does this sound like helicopter parenting? Does this sound like you're going to have everything you need, and I'm going to continue to write the checks, and it's all going to be perfect and all tied up in a bow? He goes on here in verse 16. This is the last one I'll read. I'm sending you out like sheep with wolves all around you. Be wise like snakes and gentle like doves. You guys, the thing we have to understand, whether you're a biological parent, mom or dad, or whether you're a spiritual parent, you're mentoring, coaching, developing people of any age, the things we have to understand is that we live in a radically different time. Even though we think this is the worst desert we've ever seen, these are the worst times we could ever graduate high school or college from, I'm telling you the times that Jesus and the disciples were in were radically tougher more difficult and trying. And Jesus gives these same encouragements. He will be with us. In fact, he will be, give us a hope even. Yes, that's the end game of this whole thing is hope. And the Bible says that our hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through Christ Jesus. We have this hope that's not just based upon circumstances or you know what's going to happen with uh, the next thing to come around in our culture. Our hope is based on a person hope is based on the person of Jesus Christ who actually went through the wilderness. He died and he rose from the dead. He broke through. And so we have this living hope that really produces a fuel inside of us that keeps us going and keeps us with a longer term vision versus a short term idea of my own pleasure and success. And boy, do we need that in the next generation Mm -hmm. today. Uh, We live in a culture that's falling apart and struggling with values and frustrated and we need people who have a bigger hope, a mm, stronger story, a bigger why to live for, and to know that their words and their life can make a difference. And it comes through this wilderness journey. It comes through, you know, trusting God on the roundabout way. It comes through the grit that comes through persevering. And out of that comes the hope that God is with me. God is working. He's doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope that we want to give our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that he who began a good work in you, God inside of you, children, 
is going to complete that work. He's going to do this work. You have hope that he's going to make you into the person he created you to be, and that will be freedom, yeah. maturity, adulthood. All parents, we want that hope that the investment that Ben is making every day into these eight beautiful lives, and I'm a part of that investment, and prayers, and the Appleby family, we're all a part of that, that the seeds of the gospel and this love are going to bear fruit, and we're going to see mature followers of Jesus making a difference in the world of tomorrow. That's a huge hope for parents. And I would love to give encouragement for that hope because I was there one time with my beautiful, his his wife being six years old in in my backyard. I can remember it as plain as day, a huge storm came through. We had a 50 foot pine tree that got blown over in our backyard, knocked the neighbor's fence down, went, blew out their whole pool, went into their backyard. It was a disaster and we're freaking out and all of a sudden the roots are out there and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says to me, this is a teachable moment for your kids, Bucky. Put your, put your eyes on those roots. And as I ponder that and went through the process, God gave me a message. And I brought Ryan and Ken and we went out and looked at those roots and I said, the reason this tree fell is because its roots were shallow. Hmm. It, its roots were, wow. the water and the sprinklers, it was shallow water. So it grew 40 feet tall. His roots were less than a foot deep. Hmm. And so when the wind blew, it crashed it down. And what it needed was deep roots. And that's what a spiritual life is like, girls. It's having deep roots in God. Mm. It's letting your roots go down deep in your relationship with Jesus. That's what the book of Colossians says, that as we walk in Christ, we should allow, continue to allow our roots to grow deep in Him. Yeah. And you know where roots grow deep? In the desert. Yeah. Because the roots have to go deeper to get the water, because the water is all evaporated on the surface. They have to go deep, and they have to forge deep, and the roots are forged in the desert. Mm. And I have to tell you, Walking through the desert with my kids, my three girls, through their struggles and challenges and sharing my authentic faith with them, God has been so faithful to them. And the thing I'm most proud of for Riley, Keelan, and Regan is that they have an authentic relationship with God. It's not necessarily their their college or their their degrees or how much money they make or what they're doing. It's that they're following God and they have a face-to-face relationship and their hope is alive and they're making an eternal difference. Each one of them is ministering and making a difference for the world of tomorrow. And I just want to give you hope, Ben, because I pray for you because I'm with you in that, that as you sow these seeds and you cast that vision of hope, your children are going to flourish, and so are yours, men and women of God, dads, as you sow those seeds, as you walk through your children in the wilderness and teach them the lessons of strength and process and hope you're going to forge a better future through the next generation. And that's a blessing that we don't want to miss. That's right, guys. It says here, I'm just going to end with this. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if if we don't give up. Amen. That's what it's all about. Amen. And Ben and I want to pray for you guys, you dads out there. You know, it's a tough season right now, and we just don't want you to give up hope. We want you to stay strong, be with God, be rooted in Him, and give out of that strength in this wilderness time to your kids, to your wives, to your family. And so we want to pray that God will fill you up, God will strengthen you, and God will bless your words as you continue to persevere with your kids. So let's bow our heads, and we want to bless the dads. I'm going to start, and then Ben's going to end this. Father, thanks so much this time. Thank you so much to partner with Ben. Uh, to be a dad with him, a grandpa, and him, him being a dad, and the Applebee's and Kathleen, that we get to pour into the lives of the next generation. 
And what a blessing. And Lord, give us perseverance. Give us hope. Give us faith. And we pray that for every dad that we're talking to today, Mm -hmm. every mom too, these spiritual parents, that you continue to fill them with your spirit, with your truth, and with perseverance to continue to forge through the difficult seasons, the wilderness times, and fill them up so that they can see your salvation and your truth. Make a way through the wilderness and bring them into the promised land. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives today. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for those parents, those dads who are weary, Lord, who Mm -hmm. are just so beat down, burdened, uh, stressed out, tired. God, just let them not grow tired of doing good. And doing good is getting that real face time with our kids and sometimes even our neighborhood kids and even the kids in our office or whatever age and stage of life that we would never grow weary of doing Mm -hmm. good so that you can see us, Lord. Just give us, even now I pray for an encouragement specifically Mm -hmm. for every father out there, that you would give us just even a little bit of sight of that harvest. Mm -hmm. Lord, it may not be the full, full, acreage of grain but it may just be a small piece of fruit that gives us the courage and strength and faith to keep going and going deeper fixed on you setting our sights on you running that race well and lord there's people watching there's people sitting there watching and you give us a first direct audience and they're going to see how we run lord that they might run well Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for the generational blessing over watermark and all of those who are watching and participating in this community uh, we're thankful for them. Just absolutely create a generational blessing through every man, woman, and child. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. What a great day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. You guys have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, you guys. Hey, do we still have time on this one? Because I'm going to go straight into announcements. We are, yeah, go ahead. Cool. Oh, yeah, I, I reset it. Okay, cool. Good. Okay, great. So, Good job. Um, do you want to do that one? Let's do, you want to do that one? Yeah. Let's do that so one again. Here, I'll do another. Should I? I'll do another cut. Okay. See you at the house, BD. Rock and roll. That was awesome. Oh, was this your Bible or no? Was this here? I got mine. Cool. Cool. Good job. See you, Bucky. Great job, bro. Couldn't have done without you. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Let you know how my presentation goes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining us this weekend. A few important announcements on your way out. First is this. If you're new to Watermark, you're just finding us online. We're so glad that you're joining us as an online community. We would love to follow up with you. If you'd like to set up a Zoom call or a meeting online, or maybe you want to get coffee or lunch, you know, we'll come wearing masks, whatever is comfortable for you. We'd love to do it. You can go to watermarkoc.com slash contact watermarkoc.com slash contact it's all online it's all digital it's ready for you fill out a few key details right there and i personally will reach out to you follow up with you i would love to hear your story we'd love to get you connected more taking steps in this faith community so your life can flourish that's our heart at watermark is just for people to find flourishing in jesus so that's important if you're new we love it we welcome you remember that two services continue 8.30, we're meeting in person at 3186 Pullman on the back deck. You should see all the signs when you come. 8.30 is an in-person service. 10.30 continues online indefinitely for all of time. 
Eventually, we're hoping, hoping when we eventually start meeting indoors that we will have two indoor services, 8.30 and 10.30 inside, in person. And again, online service will continue at 10.30 forever. So just a heads up for that. And of course, uh, if you're just watching from home live on Sunday morning, remember to come on over to Watermark. We got breakfast burritos for you. And uh, we'd love to just give those to dads and the whole family. We got a bunch of them cooked up. So be ready for that. Families, attention, especially families of young kids, VBS, Vacation Bible School. It's an amazing online session by WOW. It's called WOW. Go to watermarkoc.com, just the homepage. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see the link for the video and who to contact. You're going to contact Melissa about signing up for this year's VBS. Guys, it's a global event. This is a huge opportunity. They have leaders and pastors and speakers and entertainers who are Christians all coming together for this global VBS event. Go to the homepage, watermarkoc.com, to register. Uh, Finally, we just want to thank you so much for your tithes, your gifts, your offerings. Guys, uh, I am blown away. Bucky, Sherry, myself, the executive team, the elders, the leaders of the church, we are blown away at God's provision during this season. He has been so faithful. We have a budget meeting that we had this last week, just setting the budget for the next new year. And I just got to tell you, we are we were on our knees thanking and praising God for your faithful generosity, your faithful support, your obedience to give what you've given, whether it was the smallest percentage of what you felt God was leading you to, or whether it was whole commissions off of large sale items, whatever it was, we've heard some of the stories, and it is humbling, and it is inspiring, to say the least. So we just want to update you on that, that God has been so faithful to Watermark. And if you have questions about how does the church spend its money and and what is it like giving to a church, we would love to follow up with you. You can email me. Again, go to watermarkoc.com slash contact. We'd love to talk to you more. It's a wonderful, powerful thing that God's doing to this church. If you have financial need, we have a whole fund called Benevolence. We understand the season is not yet over, this crisis pandemic season. So if you have a financial need, please don't hesitate to contact us. We have dollars set aside for family and friends of the church that we would love to help you during your trial. So we love you guys. We thank you. We'll see you soon. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.